afternoon. Welcome, everybody. Along with Adrian Paradis, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Excited to have you back. 600 ESPN El Paso. Excited about the three-hour extravagance. Adrian is sipping on the Java. He needs to get through three hours. I'm excited. I, that's what I know Adrian's serious. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, folks. If he's not drinking coffee at four in the afternoon, we got problems. That means that something's wrong. So when that when I see him uh, using that uh, cheap uh, white styrofoam cup <laughs> that we buy, that's when I know uh, we're in good shape. By the way, if you need coffee mugs, I have got coffee mugs. Like, I mean, you just name it. I have it. You want a KLAQ coffee mug, a Kiss coffee mug? Believe it or not, sadly enough, the only thing I don't have is a KRD coffee mug. Oh. And by the way, J.T. Chapman has the greatest KRD coffee mug of all time. There are two of them, by the way. One was a um, News Talk Sports white mug that we came out with a million years ago. It's in the house somewhere. That I think one's sick. I love it. I love that huge. one. It's huge. You've seen that mug? The one that he has in his office? Are you talking about that one? There's two of them he has. Oh, okay, well, I don't okay. know if he's got... Does, does he have a white one? One of them I've seen that he has in his office. He's got the Paul Strelzen blue one. That's amazing. I don't have that. And I want to know how I never got that because I ran that station when Paul Strelzen was on the air. I mean... Before I ever got into sales, my job was hosting Sports Talk and being program director. And for years, um, I, I ran Sports Talk while Paul was doing uh, Back Talk. And then, um, you know, we had Barbara Perez doing um, uh, her show, which I think was called Talk of the Town. And, I mean, they came out with the Strelzen mug. I never got that. I'm, I'm still a little uh, ticked off about that. How do I have a KLQ and a Kiss mug and I can't even get myself a coffee mug for my own radio station? You know, that's a great question, Steve. Oh. I, and uh, I'll say this as somebody who recently got a polo for the first time after working here for, you know, five years or so. Uh, I will say this. Um, I realized that now in 2022, uh, my my fiance has this thing called a cricket and I never paid attention to it. But essentially, you and I just need to find some blank mugs. We can yep. get this paper that you print out on it and we could put our own logo or like a throwback logo or whatever kind of logo we find. And we could slap that on a mug and it won't come off. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Very cheap, too. Yeah, that would be cheap. Hey, by the way, I'm still giving away window decals that are 11 years old. How do you Those like are that? awesome. You know, when I actually I dropped them off at our good friend King's Barbecue, he told me that people picked those up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm hyped about that. I like that people are picking up our stickers. They should be. And by the way, um, if you've ever tried to use the free Rhinos ticket from the 2011-2012 season recently, good luck. I, You know, I, they would probably would honor it. If I was the Rhinos, anyone that shows up with a free Rhinos ticket to the 2011-2012 season now, they automatically should get a free ticket because if you're that creative, good, you know, God bless you. That should work for you. I, that's what I would do. I would show up to the ticket office and say, what do you mean it's not 2012? Are you sure? I mean, I mean I've, been, I've been asleep for 10 years. I'm in a time machine. It's 2022. What? Can you please give me a ticket? And if they would say no, I would be very upset. You know what? If somebody actually brought that to the Rhinos ticket office, the Rhinos should throw it back to them and be like, all right, if you name five opponents in our league back in 2011, then mm. you can get in for free for sure. I thought you were going to say name one player from the 2011-2012 yeah, like season. I like that too. Name, name three players. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I would do. By the way, we've never – We've never had a 600 ESPN El Paso coffee mug. I don't know why. In fact, aren't there companies that make samples? 
to try to sell you their business? Yes. I How have we never about. been smart enough just to get samples made just for us, even though we know we're not going to be able to get the radio station to foot the bill on uh, on mugs? You know what? I like this idea a lot. I think that we could actually uh, get some cost-effective ones, throw them out there. I think no. people would like them. You know what I want to do? I'll tell you exactly what I want to do. All right. We got to be smart. Why don't we get Longhorn Distributing to kick in with us? I'll call Lauren and tell him, look, we want like 100 mugs. Maybe we want to give them out. One side will be the 600 ES panel pass logo. The other side will be your logo. You'll sponsor the mugs, and we'll get them done, and we'll give them out that oh way. Oh, my gosh. And I, guarantee, and, I, and I guarantee you this. There are probably companies lining up for that opportunity that would do that in a heartbeat. Say, so put our logo on a mug with us? Yes. That would work. And then we could also have sports talk, you know, our names four to seven and something like that and go from there. That would be pretty aw- That would be pretty sick. If we use the old sports talk logo, the blue one back in the day with the cheap seats, that yes. would be awesome. I love this idea. This is great. Brilliant idea, Steve. I will, I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, we can eliminate all the words and stuff. Just throw a little – it doesn't have to be ugly. A pretty QR co- uh, code on the back so somebody could scan it and it just downloads the app or something like that. Oh, that would be sick. We could do that. We can get that done. Really? Yes, yes. You're coming up with some really good ideas. We're, uh, we, I think we're, we're both collaborating on this. This is good stuff here. I can't believe we don't have, how do we not have mugs? Why are you still using a, a, a cheap styrofoam cup to drink your coffee at 4 <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon? <laughs> so, okay, so we, we both know the coffee here, the situation here. But uh, I'll, I'll jump in the afternoon tea. So this is the green tea, the okay. afternoon tea. Uh, just a little caffeine to keep me going. I, I drink a lot of coffee in the morning. So. I make the coffee now in the morning. That's my job. I get here at 8 o'clock in the morning, and the first thing I do is I make, I make a special blend uh, that you can't make without without me being here okay okay i got i gotta try the i heard the secret ingredient i'm not gonna give it away on the radio but uh, i think it's awesome stuff it is awesome so i don't mind giving it away on the radio if somebody wants to know how we do it we'll tell you we're not gonna I'm not, make you a cup stop by the station well, that's for sure. All right. Uh, we got a lot to cover on the show today. Jay Jaffe is going to join us less uh, a little more than 10 minutes from now. Baseball. Wow. Jay was in San Diego. Found out the news that Xander Bogarts is now a Padre. That happened last night. Uh, just completing the flurry of activity right now around Major League Baseball. It is crazy. Think about um, how much, uh, you know, the Padres. Boy, oh boy. By the way, it looks like Fernando Tatis Jr. could be your starting center fielder to kick off the 2023 season away. This is going, or maybe even DH. So that's crazy. Um, you could put Kim at second. You will have Bo at third, Cronenworth at first. Then you've got Grisham in center, Tatis Jr. in left, Soto. Uh, um, actually, now let's change that. Yeah, Soto could go, will be in right. Um, and then whoever DH is. And you've got Nola still behind the plate. That's a that is a that's a stout lineup right now. If you're the Padres, that's right. That's a championship caliber lineup, and we've said it that is. for years for the Padres. We just need to see everybody on the field all together at once. I mean, wh- whether it's the injuries that have hurt this team, or it was the suspension to Fernando Tatis Jr. with his absence over this past postseason, they need everybody on the field. Boy, the way the Red Sox. Oh my God, how do you how do you lose that? How do you do that? Yeah, they get Yoshida yesterday. Doesn't they spend uh, 105 million on him. He's thirty. What? He's 31, 30 years old, Steve. Uh, and you lose Bogarts. Like you, you lose Mookie Betts a couple years ago, and you figure the Red Sox have learned their lesson from losing their stars. Instead, they make the same mistake again. I'm with you. 
So, you know, uh, I like, by the way, I like Kim at second and Bogarts at short. Um, and then Cronenworth at first. I think that's that's a pretty good lineup. It really is. And I don't understand, you know, what the Red Sox are doing. And by the way, good luck trying to keep Rothfield uh, Devers. How are you yeah. going to pull that one off? That's a good point. And also, uh, you know, they made that weird uh, deal yesterday with Kenley Jansen as well. Uh, that's that's also really strange, Steve. I, I don't know. I mean, Kenley Jansen has shown us what he can't do on the mound at this point uh, in his career. And I get what he's done before. But uh, I, I just don't like these decisions by the front office. No, I mean, you've lost. Think about it. You lost Mookie Betts and now you lost Xander Bogarts. It's not a good. That's, that's not been a good couple of years if you're the Red Sox right now. Yeah, and some Red Sox fans could come to us and say, well, what is Mookie? bets done you know blah 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 or how how often is he actually on the field I would just say I take all that with Mookie Betts right there he's one of the best players in all of baseball you take Mookie Betts uh, any day in, yeah absolutely 100% so anyway um, let's get the phones going today hey you know this guy got in I don't know like what 356 is that right before I the show so. even <laughs> before the show even started he's calling in it's pretty wild um, Victor and Cruces gets us started here on the show. Well, why not? I mean, you know, he lines up at the Pan Am Center hours before a uh, Aggies basketball game. He might as well call Sports Talk before we even get on the air. What's going on, Vic? There how you are go. you, man? Hello, my friend. Hello, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Yeah, we're doing all right. How about yourself? Hey, I I'm, I'm doing good. I have a um, suggestion that that you didn't even mention you you nor Adrian. How about a Victor coffee mug? What's that? How about, a, how about a Victor coffee mug? Um, just out of curiosity, um, since you want your <laughs> since you want your own coffee mug, uh, what would the design be? Would it be the kind of coffee mug that um, essentially, when you pour any liquid in, starts to like sweat just to perceive the tears coming out of your eyes every time you have to oh. call and talk about what's going on in New Mexico State? Is that right? Oh, oh man, you you hit it right on the button my friend yeah it'd be like the crying coffee mug it'd be awesome you're like <laughs> you're like you're putting you're putting in liquid that's supposed to be holding the cup not forcing it out of the cup so not, no. not, not 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 coming out through the sides or through the bottom yeah exactly <laughs> we'll have special holes in the mug so that way when you pour it in it starts to drip out now um listen i i get it where you're coming from i i really do um you know, I haven't heard anything new since yesterday. Do you feel any better today than you did yesterday, or do you feel worse? Well, I I feel worse in a way, but but I gotta give it to Coach Hire and the seven players that they had against Santa Clara, and they did very well last night. Even though we lost by one point sixty six sixty five, um, I, I there's no shame in losing when you're up against a wall like Coach Hire and the guys are really. Yep. There's, there's no shame in losing. We came back from 11 down, and I thought I thought Santa Clara was going to just blow, kick us sideways. But no, it didn't turn out that way. In fact, we made a valiant effort, and I thought for a minute there that James Washington had won the game for us, but turned out that his long-range shot was a two-point shot, not a three-point shot. So uh, a couple things on that, all right? Number one, um, they were in a position to uh, take the lead late, but uh, fight missed the uh, three, and it was a wide-open, good-look three from the right corner, all right? He was close, rimmed in and out, and then they get the ball back in Washington. Here's what I thought when I watched the play. 
I thought when Washington was racing down the floor in the last five seconds, he took one extra dribble, didn't realize when he stopped his dribble that he was already inside the three-point line, pulled up, realized that there was nobody to pass the ball to, so rather than uh, land on the floor and go up and down, he took the shot, it goes in, but it was pretty obvious when the shot was launched that he was a good uh, stride inside the three-point line before he took the shot. Oh, man. Did you see it? I I actually watched it. I watched it on the end of the WCC Network. It was streamed free. So I watched uh-huh. it last night. By the way, that was also on Stadium. Great job, Stadium. Way to way to pull all these games off. Um, but it was it was tough, uh-huh. man. I I didn't think there was any doubt that he was that it was a two pointer. Even though the announcer called it originally a three to tie, it didn't seem like it. But the Aggies had a lot of chances mm-hmm. to win that game down the stretch, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, my my good buddy Jack Nixon uh, uh, got us all excited because everybody I, he thought that it was a three, but but he corrected himself and. And 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 made, and called it how it was, which was a two point shot. So yeah, Adrian, did you see the shot? I saw the shot. It was clearly a two. Yeah, it, it was wasn't even close. Poor even Jack. Close. Jack was either out of position or Jack needs to get new glasses when he's doing these games. Because come on, Jack, that that was not. It should not even have been uh, even a, a question about that uh, about that shot down the stretch. But you never know what position he had and where that ball. You know what his sight line was as that was going up. But yeah, too bad for New Mexico State. Then on the flip side, you almost beat Santa Clara without Muhammad, without Avery, and without Roy. That's a pretty good sign. Yes, sir. I agree. You, you and Adrian keep up the good work, and God bless you guys, okay? Hey, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, one day, if you ever get the Victor Coffee mug, uh, make sure we get a chance to get a look at it, okay? We'd like to see what that looks like. Oh, definitely. You guys will be the first, one to, first ones to, uh, to view it, to preview it. Preview. Uh, that's good. It's good stuff. Thanks, Victor. We'll talk to you soon. 16 pass, just getting started here on Sports Talk. What a week it's been for Major League Baseball. My goodness, the winter meetings were amazing. Here to break it all down with us is our good pal Jay Jaffe. He'll talk baseball and beer next, right after Charlie One, who's got this traffic update for us. I don't even know if we're going to have enough time to even get through half of it, but we're going to do our best. Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Talk. All right, uh, he's back from the winter meetings in San Diego where it seemed like he had a great time eating and drinking and all the deals covering that, too. He's uh, Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs.com. I don't know about you, but because I know you've been to the winter meetings before, but this was this was really good, wasn't it? Just so much to talk about, so much uh, to do, and you love going to San Diego. Yeah, San Diego's a, a, a special place to me in general, and, and I think the winter meetings should just always be there, frankly. Um the last time uh, that we got to do this in person uh, was was in was in 2019, and the winter meetings were in San Diego. There, so in some ways, it was like we hadn't missed a beat. Um, it was good to get together with colleagues and see all kinds of people from uh, throughout the industry, old friends, uh, uh, and all that. And uh, we had plenty of deals to keep us busy. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun. Was the carnitas hash at Lucky's lunch counter the food highlight for you oh of my the trip? I mean. I had some great meals. Um, had a great meal at, Jun- at Juniper and Ivy, which is uh, uh, a restaurant that's uh, um, uh, from one of the top chef uh, winners uh, from the past, Richard Blaze. But this was this may have been better than that. It was just it was this little place around the corner uh, called Bucky's Lunch Counter, and it was so good. And we ate there uh, all th- all three mornings uh, that we were there: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. So um, really good stuff. How many writers ended up making the trip altogether? Uh, from Fangraphs, I think we had a delegation of seven or eight. Uh, we lost 
uh, a few because uh, two of them got sick, including our managing editor, Meg Rowley, uh, and uh, our boss uh, as, as a newborn, uh, so he couldn't make the trip, which was known ahead of time. So um, we were uh, we were a little a little um, a little short, uh, but we had plenty of uh, uh, editorial support back home, and uh, still very good to get together with our with our um, you know with colleagues. And uh, um, you know, for us, it's 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 a bit of a team building exercise as well. And you know, we we take more people than we need, yep. um, you know, to cover the stuff, but. Uh, um, we we share the we share the workload and uh, we all try to try to do some networking. Very nice. All right, let's get to some of the deals that went down. Let's begin first with what happened last night. Xander Bogarts to the Padres, eleven years, two hundred and eighty million dollars. I saw your tweet. You felt like the Padres wanted somebody to take their money. Well, that somebody was Xander Bogarts, and now he's going to slot in for at least the next five six years of that deal as the starting shortstop for San Diego. Yeah, I think that's I think that's generally. Well, here, here's the thing. It's worth remembering that Manny Machado has an opt-out after this season, yep. and he's probably going to be in a pretty good position to reset his market, whether he stays in San Diego or, or goes elsewhere. So Bogarts, there were some concerns about his defense long-term, but he really has worked hard to uh, uh, to improve. So he could probably stay on shortstop for a few years, but I think eventually he's a third baseman. Um, for now, Fernando Tatis, who's under contract, is probably somewhere in the outfield, uh, Haseon Kim, who's probably the best shortstop on the team, may get bumped over to second, with Jake Cronenworth bumped over to first. Um, 11 years certainly sounds like outrageous, uh, but I think you have to look at it as uh, this is a way to to amortize uh, the high cost of this contract by lowering the average annual value, which is what gets used in the luxury tax calculations. Don't you know those last three years or so? It could be ugly. He may not even be on the team by then. True. Um, you know, you're looking at. Uh, Hopefully, uh, maybe four years of star play, three more years of above-average play, and the rest is, uh, um, you know, that's the cost of doing business, as they say. And there's a very good chance it's going to be some other general manager's problem besides A.J. Preller. Uh, I'd look at uh, all these big nine, eight, nine, ten-year deals, eleven-year uh, deals, uh, the same way. Is uh, uh, this is a way to to lower the annual cost and give the team some maneuverability? Because yep. these are teams who are signing these deals that are. Um, you know, having to deal with the luxury tax in one form or another. Well, first off, if, um, if, you know, after 2023 Machado does reset his value and the Padres do let him go, that'll give them a chance to try to just break the bank on Juan Soto. I mean, remember, he's coming up in a couple years too. Exactly, exactly. It it lines up well, which I think may explain why uh, the Padres pushed so hard for Soto. I mean, it's really interesting what they've done, and we, they've been doing. You know, they, they've been doing this since since Preller got to San Diego. Just very aggressive and kind of putting the lie to the to the idea um, that a small market team can't spend money. You look at what the Padres are doing. You compare what the Red Sox are doing. I mean, they never went more than six years and 160 million uh, in their offers to Bogarts, and they they couldn't compete. It, they, in the end, he was like ruled the, ruled them out. And uh, you know, I just. It's it, it's it's kind of ridiculous because um, prone to, to spending you know big money and then they can't retain these guys um, you know Mookie Betts being uh, I think the foremost example um, and you know it's understandable you don't want to spend on the downside on the downside of of uh, uh, a, a guy's career but there's you know there's value that goes beyond just playing there's marketing value and things like that and and. I think the Red Sox have turned their fans, their fan base, into a very cynical one, uh, with the way that they have punted on so many good players now, 
uh, over the years. And, uh, um, you know, on the flip side, you look at this is why the Yankees felt they needed Aaron Judge. And, and, and uh, um, you know, because there's a marquee value that goes just beyond um, the, you know, the, the dollars per win that you're getting out of him. And his dollars per win forecast is actually, uh, you know, kind of reasonable. Uh, when you look at that. You're right. And judge to the Yankees makes the most sense. Although I know Giants fans are crushed because they really thought that that team had an excellent chance to bring them home. Yeah. It, it, look, it made, it made sense for a number of reasons. Um, you know, because he grew up in, in Linden, California, just a couple hours uh, from San Francisco and grew up rooting for the Giants. Although it was Richard really and not Barry Bonds, who was his favorite player. Um at, you know, but at the same time, this was very much, uh, um, you know, Aaron Judge encouraged uh, this kind of uh, push from the Giants, and they had plenty of money to spend after uh, uh, all the free agents uh, came off the books, and uh, he was able to leverage that into uh, the big deal he got. If the Giants weren't interested, I mean, the Padres, you know, you know they they threw their hats in the ring late, and I think actually bought the Yankees some time there. Um, I actually had written, uh, based on the reporting on the Giants from Tuesday afternoon, I'd written uh, most of an article, uh, you know, for, with preparing for the eventuality of Judge to the Giants, and then uh, went to sleep on it and woke up and had to write something different before getting to the airport. Sounds about right. I know. It was crazy because a lot of us thought that that was what was going to happen. We continue uh, talking about uh, the winter meetings and all the deals that went down with uh, Jay Jaffe from Fangraphs. All right, let's cover some of the other big ones. Uh, As far as Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals, this seems like an absolute slam dunk for them. Yeah, they, you know, they haven't been in this position of needing a full-time catcher since, you know, since forever because of Yadi Molina. Uh, they went in a very different direction, but if you uh, assume that uh, sooner or later we're going to get the, the automatic balls and strike system and that's going to cover some of Contreras' weaknesses behind the plate, uh, this deal makes a lot more sense, and I think that's where we're headed. Uh, maybe not in, in 2024, but perhaps in 2025. We'll see, and... Uh, uh, at about what seventeen million a year, eight, seventeen and eighteen million a year. It, it, this is uh, an easy win for them because that bat will play anywhere if, if he's healthy. I agree with you. Uh, by the way, the Red Sox, the aforementioned Red Sox, who lost Xander Bogarts, signed Kenley Jansen to a two-year, thirty-two million dollar deal, but also baffled a lot of people, giving ninety million to a Japanese star Masataka Yoshida, someone that not a lot of people expected to really get a big deal out of uh, his uh, his posting to uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I haven't seen the actual projections on, on on him. I know he's a he's a high average, high contact type of guy who, you know, I think is is uh, a bit out of step with with uh, you know, with, with what we associate with the market, but uh, you know, he makes he's he's a sensible fit for them. Um, I'm not sure about the I'm not sure about the money. I don't think he's going to be a middle of the lineup guy for yeah. them. Um, but uh, you know he can add some excitement there, and yeah, they got They got to spread that money somehow. There you go. More with Jay as we keep things moving. First, to right back to Adrian. Let's get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Hey Jaffe from uh, Fangraphs as we continue here on the show talking about all the offseason moves. Just saw this tweet coming in from Noah at the Noah underscore G. 
He tweets, if the Mets can sign Kode Senga, they will have improved their starting rotation significantly from last season. Let's talk about the Mets. Even without Senga, they get lefty Jose Quintana on a two-year, $26 million deal, and that's after the two million, uh, the two-year deal over to uh, get uh, Justin Verlander with a possible third option uh, in the works as well. Yeah, I think people forget, you know, just how good the Mets were last year, despite getting relatively little out of Jacob Degrom, who was fantastic when when he was available. But you know, between twenty one and twenty two, missed uh, you know more than a full year of baseball, just fifteen starts in, in two thousand twenty one, eleven starts last year. That's not the most difficult thing to replace in that regard. Um, they did a nice job of, of signing uh, uh, Justin Verlander, and they added uh, uh, Jose Quintana, who had, uh, uh, I think, a nice, a nice rebound from uh, a couple years in the wilderness. You, you know, they're obviously uh, they believe uh, that, that the um, uh, that kind of improvement can stick. I don't know. Uh, uh, I think you know. I think I think it's not not the worst assumption in the world. But if you look at if you look at the peripherals, he's not quite a you know a, a below three RA type pitcher, mm-hmm. but. Um, he should be a guy who can give you uh, 160 to 180 innings and of, of quality there. Um, they have to replace uh, Taiwan Walker, who defected to the Phillies. Um, and uh, this was a lower-cost move for them by that, by that token, and I think they could probably uh, replicate the production. So I think they've, they've done reasonably well uh, with that. I think they, have, they still have uh, uh, some other work to do, but, uh, um, you know, they've... There was a lot, obviously, a lot of shock when Jacob Degrom got that kind of money from the uh, from the Rangers, and good for him. But I think the Mets look—they've seen the medical files, and, and uh, uh, it's clear that they, they were not comfortable going that high. And, and uh, the best they can do is just wish him well. Listen, I thought the Mets were smart not going after Degrom. I've thought for years he's a Tommy John surgery waiting to happen, and unfortunately, he just hasn't pitched enough. The injuries have killed him, and that's a lot of money to give someone who you know uh, just hasn't been healthy. He's great when he's healthy, but Jay, it's just, I don't know, that's that's about as risky a signing as uh, as it's going to get. Yeah, and, and to be honest, it sounded like DeGrom was not fully happy with, you know, the, the state of things in, in, in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know was looking was looking for a reason to get away. I mean, he didn't give you know he didn't give the Mets the the right to or you know a chance to counter to make a counter offer. And and uh, you know that's that's somewhere between a you know I I wouldn't call it a faux pas. I think it's it's the player's prerogative whether he wants to do that. He needed a change of scenery, and I think uh, um, you know I can understand that too. I could as well. All right, let's talk about some of the other moves then. Um, by the way, uh, Phillies, uh, Taewon Walker, four years, $72 million. Trey Turner gets the $300 million deal. Uh, Phillies were good to begin with. You talk about the Phils, the Braves, and the Mets. The NL East is absolutely loaded. Yeah, I, I wrote up the Turner deal for um, uh, for uh, Fangraphs. We had him as our number two free agent. We had Aaron Judge as our number one free agent. Uh, coming into the winter, I'm not sure how I ended up with both of those. I only said I want to judge, but I ended up with both. Um, but uh, Turner does a lot to upgrade that that defense up the middle, and, and defense was was kind of the bane of the Phillies' existence. Uh, they did not get good production from shortstop, um, but they do have uh, a young player in Bryson Stott who took over after they uh, decided they were done with Didi Gregorius, and Stott will slot over to second base and improve the defense there. Uh, he's got some upside with the bat as well, um, you know. So th- this is this is an improvement. Like I said, that 11-year deal 
Um, you're, you know, you're you're just you're spreading the cost out. The Phillies are in luxury tax territory, uh, so I would expect uh, uh, they're probably going to make. You know, they, I guess they they are they already did with the um, uh, the Walker move, and uh, um, you know they they needed another middle of the rotation starter. I'm not sure that deal and that and that figure would have been where I'd have gone with it, but I think it's it's defensible. We've seen Walker. Uh, realize his pretend potential after uh, a lot of stops and starts, and you know, in, in terms of injuries, uh, when he was a top prospect, and uh, um, you know, he's not he's not a a, uh, a number one or a number two, but you've got Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler already in that rotation. Uh, this helps to lengthen it, and uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a good move. All right, give me your thoughts on the four year deal the Cubs gave Jamison Tyon, along with the one year uh, flyer on Cody Bellinger. And then uh, let's go from there to the Giants handing three years and $43.5 million to Mitch Hanniger. Uh, Tyon, you know, I saw, I saw a lot of him in, in New York over the last two seasons, battled some injuries to finally get uh, uh, healthy again. Uh, you know, this, he's, a, he's a very solid number four starter with, I think, some upside to, to be a little bit better than that, maybe a three. Um, struck out 151 guys this year, and uh, um, you know, really, I think he's a hard worker, fly ball pitcher. Um, <coughs> you know, I think uh, he's uh, um, gives up uh, uh, a fair bit of hard contact, and that was kind of a concern in Yankee Stadium. I think it'll be kind of a concern in in, uh, um, uh, in Chicago, but he's you know he should be a good, uh, reliable innings eater here uh, for the next few years for them. Bellinger was playing, uh, you know, for for a bounce back deal. I'm surprised he got as much money as he did. I, I know the Dodgers obviously didn't want to go there, um, but uh, again, you know, you're, you're hoping that a change of scenery uh, will, you know, will be enough to help him uh, fix his swing and uh, recover the the form that made him, uh, you know, a rookie of the year and an MVP uh, within the first three seasons of his major league career. Um, the defense is there. That'll always bolster, or at least for the near future, that'll bolster his value as a center fielder, even if the bat doesn't fully recover. But uh, you know, you're hoping that uh, you got a big bat there, and, and uh, uh, Chicago's a pretty good place to hit. So um, we'll see if he bounces back. Josh um, Bell signs a two-year deal with the Guardians. Jay, give me uh, thoughts on that as well. Yeah, the, the, they need they needed that kind of bat. Um, I think that uh, um, you know for. He's he's going to do some DHing there. He's going to play some first base. Um, not a great defender, but uh, a solid addition. I did like the the Hanniger move for the Giants. Okay, um, he has uh, uh, struggled with injuries in recent years, and that that outfield was getting kind of crowded. Um, it, it seemed like a good backup play if they didn't sign Judge, and it wasn't supposed to be a backup play. But um, you know, three years and forty three million or whatever it was is uh, a relatively low expenditure for. Uh, the potential for some some really solid production there. You've been writing a lot about the um, about the Hall of Fame and Bobby Abreu was your latest um, your latest article for the 2023 Hall of Fame ballot. I'm assuming you're going to continue with the Hall uh, Hall of Fame ballots. Any uh, anything else from the winter meetings that you're going to be writing about as well? Um, no, I'm actually working on a tribute to Gaylord Perry who passed away on December 1st, and I just couldn't fit anything in until now. Um, been, I was working out on the plane out there. Here, uh, brought even brought uh, me and the spitter his uh, 1974 uh, confessional uh, with me to, to to read, and that's a, that's a fun book. He's he's uh, um, 
you know, telling how telling how he did it and uh, how he got away with it is is a lot of fun. Um, so that'll be that'll be tomorrow's, and I'll be back on the uh, uh, the ballot and uh, doing some new guys. I did Carlos Beltran earlier this week. That's the big um, the biggest profile of the whole series, maybe even the biggest first time profile I've ever done in terms of length um, due to the sign stealing stuff. And uh, um, I've got uh, I think Tyone was my my third assigned transaction, but because of uh, uh, Aaron Judge, I, I didn't have to do that one. I got out of it, so. I'll have to pick up uh, another another top free agent here when he signs. Not sure who yet, but I'll be I'll be in the mix for transactions here. Good, looking forward to it. Let's wash all this stuff down with a beer pick. Uh, what would you like to profile? Since I'm sure you did uh, some damage out there in San Diego. Yeah, you know when you're when you're when you're on the uh, when you're when you're on call for the free agents, especially Aaron Judge, you gotta. You got to stick with the lighter beers here. Uh, um, I, I was actually I had to. Uh, you know, unfortunately, there's at the at the, um, at the Manchester Hyatt where the winter meetings are. There used to be a great craft beer bar, and unfortunately, that's closed now. And so there was a much less of a selection um, than usual. And boy, you're paying a lot of money per 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 bottle or can or whatever. I did have a. Uh, uh, a fair number of the uh, Alesmith Hazy 394 uh, Tony Gw- or sorry the a- the Alesmith Tony, Tony Gwynn uh, 394 uh, beers. Um, I feel like this beer has gotten better over the years, um, and uh, um, this was uh, this was a, a pleasure to drink. And uh, um, what's it come in at? It's a, it's a it, I think it's about five percent uh, alcohol by volume. Uh, definitely lower than some of the IPAs that were being thrown around there, and uh, great tribute to a great hitter and a great San Diego icon. That's awesome. Hey, you got first off to me. If you're in San Diego, you got to have the Elsmith 394. That's just a must, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. And I had uh, had some other San Diego beers out there, including Ballast uh, uh, Ballast Point Sculpin and uh, uh, some other local favorites here, whose names escape me offhand because I don't have my phone in front of my my. Uh, uh, work phone in front of me here, but uh, um, a lot of good beer out there. Wish I'd had uh, more time to relax and enjoy it. You're always a little bit on the clock when you're in San Diego, so you got to be careful. Understand exactly where you're coming from. Welcome back. Great information. I can't believe we packed this into the last 20-plus minutes. Enjoy the conversation, Jay, and we'll do it again with you right back here next Wednesday. All right. Sounds great, Steve. Take care. Jay Jaffe, folks, as we continue. 43 now past the hour on Sports Talk. Don't forget, hour number two right around the corner. Jeff Erickson will be joining us. And then Lane Frank in our 6 o'clock hour with a special guest who will be uh, picking games alongside Lane. All that's still to come. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. What's going on? So I was I was thinking the other day, I was like, what are some fun traditions you know, at UTEP that fans and athletes get to partake in? So... Um, I'm going through my favorite traditions at UTEP. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's, what there's are your a... favorite traditions at UTEP? What do you love? Um, I like, you know, you get to see after every game the football. They they walk to their their locker rooms in the Larry K. Durham, and uh, you get to you get to high five them on their way up. It's it's a pretty f- fun tradition. Yeah, that is cool. I've always liked that part too. That that's fun. I mean, it gives fans a chance to really interact with these guys, right? Yeah, and that's that's a lot of you know that's why I like some of these traditions. Obviously, there's other ones like standing up for defense in the Don Haskins. That's a mm, fun one. That good old comes SFD to mind. baby SFD. Yeah. I like SFD. There's a lot of fun ones. I mean, it, it, I, there's more that I didn't even know. You know, I grew up on SFD. I really did. 
How about you, Adrian? Uh, there are some great minor traditions. I was thinking, like, I, my mind immediately went to the worst places in my mind, Steve. I was thinking, like, uh, people not making it to the game after tailgating. That's a minor uh, student tradition, I think. Uh, they'll tailgate, but they won't go to the game. Um, yeah, that is terrible. So that, that's the – I'm sorry. I Unfortunately, I came to the worst places in, in my head. Well, that's that. That is rough. I, I don't blame you. And by the way, but but it does get better after that, right? I mean, you you have to think of the worst just because there are unfortunately some student traditions that uh, just uh, aren't very. Uh, what's the best way to put it? They're, they're just not very solid. They're not very good. No, they're they're not. But I, you know what? I'll I'll give a good tradition. Uh, great tradition is uh, the Texas Western uniforms. Whenever mm. they bring those back, I think that has to be uh, in this list when we're talking about great traditions at UTEP. Just throwing it back to Texas Western, the first name at UTEP, maybe a name that uh, should never have been ditched when it comes to this university. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, I love the first off, and that's another thing is that, you know, the Texas Western look is so iconic, man. It is so, you know, it's such a, you said it, tradition. That's the best way to put it. Tons of tradition, right? Tons. Yeah, it carries a national championship behind him and something that broke, uh, you know, through when it was tough for things like civil rights. It broke through and pioneered a lot in college sports for a lot of African-Americans out there. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree completely. Well, that's a cool subject you're writing about. I like that. Good for you, Zay. Traditions. That's that is fun. The SFD tradition is one of the all time best, though. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That is one of my that was one of my favorites growing up as a UTEP fan. Love that from the late great Paul Strelzen. You could call uh, also the Luke Lofenberg, uh tradition, mm. one of the recent traditions that UTEP has adopted, uh, honoring the late Luke Lofenberg, uh before he, you know, uh, after he passed away due to cancer. Uh, they honor him on a weekly basis through an award, and they honor him on a game to game basis with the sticker that says Luke. I hope they do that forever, don't you? Yes, I really, really do. I mean. That is one of the great. That is really one of the great um, things that UTEP's been doing ever since they they got involved with with Luke and and Babe and and you know remember he was a minor he was a minor up until he got sick right after spring and then we we lost him that summer so yeah there's a lot of reasons why um, you know there are some very cool traditions um, around by the way is it me or do you find that the UTEP fight song is played by, like, every Texas band in college athletics. That's funny you say that. Isn't it like a spin? Uh, I don't know the origin, so you're going to have to correct me. Uh, but I heard a rumor that it was, like, uh, originally spun from Texas or vice versa. Texas spun the UTEP fight song or something like that. I don't know who had it first. I just feel like they all play it. When I was, in, when I was at UTSA, they played it. And I looked, and my first thing I had to do was a double check to see if that was the UTEP band. And then I realized it was actually the, um, it wasn't the UTEP band. It was the UTSA band, even though it looked like them. Really? Is that, is that really the case? Yes, they played the same music. Are you serious? I didn't realize that was the case at all. Yeah, it was strange. It was strange. So... Uh, but hey, that's a you know, part of how things uh, part of how things work. So if you feel like everybody plays the same music in in the state of Texas, I really do. Uh, if you want to weigh in today, we'd love to hear from you. Now is a great time, by the way, because we've got uh, Jeff Erickson talking some fantasy football here in about ten minutes from now on Zoom, uh, and then Lane Frank is going to join us coming up in our six o'clock hour along with a special guest. They're going to be picking games against each other. So great time to do it. Uh, our phone number. 505-6009. That is our telephone number to get into the show. 505-6009. Get you right on in. 
and through to the program. All right. Hey, apparently, we've got somebody that can uh, at least uh, explain the fight song and shed a little light on this. I'm, I'm, I'm liking that. So, you know what? I, I always like to learn something new on the program. I'm, I'm big into that. So if there's a way for us to learn, like Enrique can help us right now, maybe he can tell us who, who, who played it first. Enrique, I've heard the UTEP fight song from so many different bands in the state of Texas. Who, uh, who actually had it first? That, I can tell you, it originated from the University of Texas. It's originally called Texas Fight. Okay. So when UTEP picked it up, they made a little fancy rendition, and that's called Minor Fight. But UTEP's new fight song that's currently that we play right now is our own fight song that was swerved around uh, the, El- the El Paso song. If you actually play the El Paso song out in the West Texas town of El Paso, yes, it's actually the beginning of our UTEP fight song. And if you look at that lyric compared to our lyric, it's similar. It's paying homage to our tradition of the city, a song named after our city, so it's paying into it, paying, paying tradition into it. So what you're telling me is that if I play the first 20 seconds of Texas Fight and then I play the first 20 seconds of Minor Fight, they will be different. They're going to be similar. Those two are going to be similar. But our current fight song, the University of Texas El Paso fight song, that's after the song El Paso. Right. Now that I get. But what I'm saying is if I play... um, you know, if I, if I so if I play the the UTEP fight song, it if I play this, all right, hang on, I'm just gonna just do it so you can listen. So if I play this song now, I want you to tell me, Enrique, is this the Texas fight song? Okay, so hang on, here we go. It's coming up now. So is that Texas fight? Are you there? I, I couldn't hear anything, Captain. Oh, you couldn't hear the song? Ah, oh, too bad. No. Yeah, I don't know how you couldn't hear that. All right. I was hoping you well, could hear it. The reason, I was, the reason why I was saying is because yeah. um, many, many moons ago, I used to play in the UTEP band. Okay. And so the first song, like the, like the youth minor fight, that's paying homage to University of Texas as as a way of paying homage to the state and being part of the University of Texas program. Mm. And then for UT Austin, how they go off in their transition with their horns and throwing out their flair, that's yeah. Austin's version. UTEP's okay. version goes off and starts playing similarities to our fight song. I see. But every school that's under the University of Texas program, I believe, has their own rendition of Texas fight. Okay, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. And that would probably be because of the, um, you know, like you said, it's, it's the university, they're all University of Texas schools. So why not all have the opportunity to play Texas, to play Texas fight, although some probably have different spin, uh, a different spin on it. So now I understand. That's good. That makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So I'll give you a little, little info, too. It just depends on the coordinator. Hmm. Um, uh, when I was going to Utah, uh, Dr. Treadway, was very, very deep rooted in the Texas program. Like, he was very one of the homage and tradition in Texas. I loved it. 
So every new uh, doctor or coordinator of the University of Texas program for the marching band yes. has their own way of paying homage. Like now they're playing Minor Fight or they're playing uh, Men of Mine, mm-hmm. that new other fight song that's coming up. So it just depends on who's running the program. But a lot of them want to pay homage to Texas in some way. I love it. I love it. All right. Nicely done. I appreciate the help, Enrique. Thanks for the call, and uh, thanks for sharing that with us, all right? We'll talk soon. Thank you. You got it. Let's keep moving. 13 past. Orly is up next. He wants to get in on the song. What's going on, Orly? I can remember the Texas fight was always the the, the it was Texas fight because I can remember back in the 60s, that's when they turned into the University of Texas system. Yeah. It was um, with Clyde the Donkey. Um the second version, the one you played right now, okay. is the new fight song, and they had to get permission from Marty Robbins' family to use it, if I ah. remember correctly, okay, because of copyrights. That makes sense. That yeah, because you hear the beginning of the one you all played. Yes. You can tell it's not from the West Texas, a town of El Paso. So you're saying the, the song Robbins. we played is the Marty Robbins version of that song? Yes, that's the fight song. They use the Marty Robbins El Paso. Got it. And the original one, Minor Fight, like the, he was saying right now, yes, was originally back in the '60s when they when they switched over to the University of Texas system. Okay, that's that's cool. <laughs> and then he's right. The coordinators, I've noticed that because I have a friend of mine that was in, in, in the band. They there's a lot that like to play like the Yellow Rose of Texas. Mm-hmm. We don't play that in El Paso. You don't see that. Uh, the only one they really play here in El Paso is the minor fight or Texas fight. Yeah. But I wish they would go back to more of the traditional, like the Yellow, Yellow, Yellow Rose of Texas, more, more Texas fight songs. Well, I get it. Although I do like, uh, I like the fight song we have. I do. Uh, one of these I days, like, I wish yeah. the band would issue like their own CD of all the songs they play during games. I think that would be really cool. Well, it all depends on the, the best band director they had was the guy from Arizona that came in. Oh, I, I like Andrew Hunter. I think he's a good dude, man. I like him a lot. He came in no, from Tennessee, and past, there was one in the past. He was really yeah. good. Yeah, I know you're. T- I know you're talking about. I know, but I'm. Yeah, but I'm. His name right now. I know, but I like Andrew. Andrew's a good guy. He listens yeah. to the show. He's a good man, and uh, yeah, I know. But don't. Uh, but anyway, yeah. if that's I thought because I remember they had to get permission from the Marty Robbins family to do it and they gave permission to do it okay that makes sense all right appreciate the call thanks for getting in all right good there we go marty robbins permission i like that all right when we return we're going to come back we're going to talk a little uh, fantasy sports next with our pal jeff erickson from rotowire we'll do that right after charlie one who's back with this traffic update Twenty past the hour, back on Sports Talk as we continue. Along with Adrian Broadus, UTEP Zay, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Want to welcome this man back to the show right now for another weekly chat. He's Jeff Erickson from our team at rotowire.com, your one-stop shop for fantasy sports. Jeff looks uh, nice and comfortable this week. How are you, Mr. Erickson? I am comfortable. It's a little chilly outside, so got the sweatshirt, sweatshirt weather finally, so it's all good, but uh, got the Christmas lights up today. It, it's a productive day. Pretty happy. Very nice. That's good to hear. Um, in the meantime, if, if people are listening to this segment and they say the audio sounds a little different, well, my laptop was just upgraded from Windows 8 to Windows 10, 
And there are probably a lot of little nuances I haven't figured out yet, which includes the audio card that, that's now in for Windows 10 in this conversation. So hopefully it sounds good to people. Um, you know, I'm hoping. Adrian, does the uh, does the quality of the Zoom call sound pretty good for uh, Mr. Erickson? It sounds fantastic. I would say that uh, it sounds like he got a new mic when he joined us right now. And, uh, in fact, he did not. It's, it's his computer audio, which is awesome. Good. I like that. That's good to hear. All right, Jeff. I don't know what to do today. I'm so I'm, I'm this is a I'm at a uh, I'm at a loss. I mean, normally we spend, you know, 15 20 minutes talking fantasy football, but there's so much baseball that's happened in the last week. I feel like it would be a disservice to our listeners if we did not at least dissect all the big moves involving uh, what's gone on in the winter meetings. Oh, I'd agree. It's been a great winter meetings and we've missed that. You know, last year we had the lockout, uh, the owner's lockout. Let's clarify that. Uh, the year before we had COVID, so we didn't have a real winter meetings then either. So, yeah, that's great stuff. Let's go to it. All right, let's just dive into it right now and uh, go to the big ones because there's a lot of fantasy moves that could change values. Maybe some will impact, some won't. Uh, Aaron Judge stays with the Yankees, so he will not change as far as his fantasy value goes. I was so interested, though, if he went to the Giants – would his fantasy value have taken a hit, or do you think it would have either increased or stayed the same? No, I think it would have been hurt a little bit just because it's a tougher ballpark to hit home runs in. Uh, and I think the lineup around him needs it needs multiple bats. Mm-hmm. It needs more than just Judge, although Judge would have been a great start. I do think it was funny how we had that uh, false positive from John Heyman. Uh, said it was you know he was signing with the Giants. Called him arson judge by accident because of the typo and all that. We had, good time was had for about twelve seconds there, but it was pretty funny. That sounds awesome. Were you able to go to the winter meetings or did you stay back at home? I've only once gone, um, and honestly, I'm not a reporter, so I I, I wasn't you know I I don't know what I would do at the winter meetings. I you try to network, I suppose, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like eh. Okay. It's it's okay. I at the time I did it, I had just lost, you know, there was a p- period where I was just on XM, not before the merger, Sirius XM. After the merger, they took away the fantasy show on the baseball channel. So I was like, okay, I need to find a radio home. Um didn't really help that much to do that and but you know, it was fun to see people I knew. I did get to see that. So that was good, but you know, p- Honestly, I can react to the news just as readily here than as I can from there. Sounds like it. I agree with you. All right, so let's talk about uh, what happened last night. Xander Bogarts to the Padres and the uh, fantasy ramifications there. Huge. You know, huge because, you know, you got 11 years. That was a big surprise to a lot of people there. Uh, the, the amount of money was obviously dwarfed what the uh, Red Sox were offering and what most people thought he'd go for, too. Uh, it takes another big name off the top. I think was, people were surprised it was San Diego. I know they were in at the last minute on Judge. So it's not that they're spending money. We we see that they're willing to spend money. It's that they wanted to get one more bat, and it's that shortstop. This commits them to moving Tatis to the outfield. Because even if, you know, even before they were still thinking about doing that, when they had Hassan Kim at short, Cronenworth at second. Now you add Bogarts, another middle, middle infielder there. This allows Cronenworth to go to first base, and, uh, possibly, and Kim over to second. They have a lot of different options, but some people are saying that, okay, once they missed on Turner, they weren't going to get a shortstop. Turns out they were. Um, Now, there's still two great shortstops out there in Correa and Dansby, so we'll see what happens with those two, but it's, it's pretty wild. From a fantasy standpoint, where do you rank Correa and Swanson compared to Bogarts? Um... I have Swanson ahead of Bogarts, but Correa well after. Okay. Because Correa doesn't run. 
uh, first of all. So, you, you know, from that standpoint, uh, you, you've got that, that drags his value a little bit there. He's also hasn't stayed on the field. Correa is the best defensive guy, and he's younger than any any of the other shortstops, too. So because he, he hit the majors so much younger. But uh, that said, I, I, fantasy-wise, I think he, he trails his real-life value a little bit. Trey Turner uh, to the Phillies, that has to just take his value, which was high with the Dodgers, and either keep it the same or even, even make, maybe go a little higher with Philadelphia, right? Yeah, it's, I think it's about the same. Um, I, I think it's, you know, it's a good, good match. That's for sure. Um, a good ballpark to hit in, you know, you got that going for you. So there's, there's a lot of good things that to like about that, that, that move from his standpoint, from a fancy perspective there, uh, Dodgers, I mean, they, they, they could really actually use a shortstop. I know they're saying that they can move Gavin Lux there, but I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of think guys that that's, I don't think he's a, he would be a good shortstop there. I've seen him throw as a second baseman. And it doesn't look good. So from that standpoint, from that vantage point, I think they need to do something still. And the Dodgers, they're actually like sitting at like 190 million right now, which for us, you know, that that's a huge sum of money. But for the Dodgers, that's as low as they've been in a long time. So I expect them to jump back into the pool at some point in time. They've lost a lot of talent so far, though. I agree with you on that completely. Um, what about uh, the big pitching move, and that's uh, Jake DeGrom going to the Rangers? Uh it's a bold move by the Rangers because look at the number of innings he's thrown. My friend Joe Sheehan uh, wrote about this the other day. That nobody has ever committed this sort of length and this sort of dollars relative to the market for a pitcher that's been hurt so much the last three years. Uh, but they're trying. You know, this is this is the Rangers. They they need to overpay a little bit to kind of get not maybe not overpay, but you know what I mean. Like they have to make these bold moves to try to launch themselves because they weren't like close to competing last year. They were still yeah. well below five hundred. And they're pitching, with, and it was the pitching that's holding them back. They really needed to upgrade their pitching. They've done that, though. They got Haney as well. Um, I, I think that they've upgraded their rotation a good amount. We'll see. I hope DeGrom stays healthy. Baseball's better when he is healthy. But it was a, it was shocking to see the Rangers be the team that won that. I'm totally in agreement with you. Uh, when we segue over to football, Adrian, I'll, well, you'll let's uh, kick that off for us with uh, your first question for Jeff, and then we'll go from there. But more baseball to get to. The Mets uh, lose DeGrom, but they pick up uh, Justin Verlander, and they also get, uh, we found out yesterday, Jose Quintana to uh, try to get some veterans in that rotation. Thoughts on that? Youth movement. No. Uh, you know, it, I, you know, Verlander was the next best option out there. It's a two-year deal. It's just it's what teams can often try to do: have a shorter contract but pay more money. I think it's kind of smart. I I, I don't mind that at all. I thought that was a pretty cagey move by them. So yeah, uh, you know they needed to they needed to do something about that rotation. They also lost Taiwan Walker in mm-hmm. number two, so they had to replace some guys. They need Carlos Carrasco to stay healthy. I don't know what they're going to get out of David Peterson. I don't know what they're going to get out of uh, you know McGill. I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a black box there. We don't really know what's going to happen with them. Uh, meanwhile, you mentioned Walker. He goes also to the Phillies on a four-year contract, and he's going to slot in as really their number four starter. Yeah, I like that from the Phillies, uh, especially if their defense starts to improve. Getting Turner is probably going to help that a lot too. So I like that. I agree with you. Um, other news: the Cubs have been busy. Um, Jamison Tyon, and then they also took a flyer on Cody Bellinger. Let's talk about those moves. Yeah, um, I'm. The Bellinger one makes sense. Take a chance, one-year deal. He's betting on himself. They're betting on trying to get, you know, fix them and maybe either flip them or get some sort of loyalty for the next, the upcoming year. Uh, after after if he if he does turn it around, and you know, it's hard to have a bad one-year contract. Tyon, he's a, he's another number three starter on a team full of number three starters. 
and they didn't get they didn't keep Wilson Contreras. So I don't really understand what the Cubs are trying to do. I think they're just I mean they're spending some money. Spending money is good. You want your team to try to contend, but I'm not really sure they're all in, and that's the problem. I think they're they've just got this team full of three starters and these team full of like number seven hitters, six hitters. Uh, maybe Bellinger comes back to MVP form, in which case they've got a stud, but. I think it's an empty lineup otherwise. Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals screams fantasy gold to me. You agree? I think it's a good it's good for him. Uh just because he's in a good lineup. I think the ballpark is a little lesser, but man, it's so good for the Cardinals. Um I, I just it as a Reds fan, I'm angry because the Cardinals are here doing this smart things and gonna be the one team in the division that's really trying to win. Uh so yeah, it just buffers uh a already good lineup. Uh and this is you know, Yachty couldn't hit last year, so it's a big improvement from the in the catcher spot. Giants have always found a way to resurrect some uh, guys that didn't have value in other organizations. I look at like Mike Yastrzemski and what he's done the last few years. Is that going to be the same thing with Mitch Haniger, who just has had a hard time staying healthy? But if he can stay healthy, is he one of those guys that the Giants can uh, you know bring that that magic back? Well, I think he has it as long. I think it's it's always health. I don't think abilities doubted here. I think it's just a matter of staying on the field and. I don't know if the Giants have a magic elixir for that, um, but I, I, it's a good bat to add. This is a bat they needed to add to that lineup. Yeah. I think it's a good addition. Uh, Josh Bell to the Indians for two years. How do you like that? Smart, smart signing. I, I think that one's a perfect fit for the Guardians. I'm uh, sorry, the Guardians. My apologies. But, uh, um, old habits die hard. When oh, I, say I, I didn't even notice, to be honest with you. That's okay. Um, it's, but it's, uh, you know, it, it fits. This is a team that's really got a good young core. They needed another bat in the middle of that lineup, and and Josh Bell is that. He's a switch hitter. Um, they would have been ideal for Chudge too, but they're never going to spend that sort of money. But nonetheless, two year deal. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. I think that's uh, I think that's a pretty smart signing by them. And for Bell, you know, I I, I would have thought he could have got three or four years, but this is a pretty good signing for him. I mean, this is a good lineup at least. He's going to be on a good team. I would assume Kenley Jansen takes a hit going to Boston for two years. We know he's going to close at least. Uh, That's true. No doubt about that. How many games will uh, he close? I I don't think they're going to go any sort of committee unless it's by merit. I'm a little worried about him. I'm a little worried about his health. I, you know, old warhorse closes go away very slowly. They don't really, you know, he'll get plenty of chances, but I'm probably not going to pay retail price for him. There are other closers I'd rather have first. I might take his replacement, Rizal Iglesias, before him. Okay. I feel like we've hit on all the big baseball moves. Is there anything I'm forgetting that you could think of offhand? I mean, how could you forget all the Reds being? Oh, never mind. Um, you know, I think this is a fun winter uh, meetings. Uh, there's still Dansby out there. There's still yeah. Correa out there. There's a few other still uh, decent names. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, we, we checked a lot of boxes. Uh, Carlos Rodon, that's the best yep. pitcher available. Brandon Nimmo, I think the Mets really need to get Nimmo back. I don't think they have a real center fielder on their roster otherwise. We're back with uh, Jeff Erickson from uh, rotowire.com. Adrian, let's turn it over right now to uh, fantasy football. Uh, Jeff, want to ask you specifically about the Baltimore Ravens. They, uh, well, I mean, hey, look, fantasy is winding down right now. It's playoff time. Everybody's trying to get ready for playoffs and trying to get that final seed. And then those owners, if Lamar Jackson get the tough news that he's out right now, one of the more polarizing fantasy players that we have. A, what do those fantasy owners do if you do have Lamar? Uh, I do not have Lamar on my team. Uh, I'll give you that full disclosure. And B, what what happens to the skill position players, uh, guys like Ken? and Drake, guys uh, who are among the receiving core. Okay, so 
you know, if you've been trying to play the Ravens running back game all year, it's been a fool's game um, already because it's already hard to judge who's going to be the guy in a given week. Uh, so I, I think it's a very null impact there. Uh, but Mark Andrews actually did better with Huntley last year because Huntley just trained in on him constantly. We saw Huntley at least last year. So I, I'd advise going to pick him up. He's probably the best guy you're going to find in the waiver wire. Better than Brock Purdy on the Niners. Uh, you know, in a single quarterback league, maybe you can find some guys. But some people, you know, I've never seen a week week 14 where I have six teams on by like this. No fields, no Rodgers. Those are only two quarterbacks, really, they have to deal with missing. I mean, the, the Falcons announced they're going to switch quarterbacks when they come back from the bye. Uh, but, you know, still, there's players. I mean, there's a lot of just a volume of players out this week. And I have never seen that in the final regular season of our fantasy leagues like this before. So it's it's unprecedented times. But, yeah, go get Huntley. I think he's actually a pretty decent start this week. Raiders and Rams are going to kick off in less than an hour. Who do you like with those two teams tonight? <laughs> The, the Jacobs and Adams, obviously, I think you can start Carr, Foster, Moreau. On the Rams, it's really straining to find guys you could use. Cam Akers got 17 carries last week, two touchdowns, so I guess he's the guy uh, this week. Although McVeigh, oh, McVeigh drives me crazy. How they all, you know, shuffle the running backs. Kyron Williams looked like he was ascendant, and then he got three touches last week. Uh, all three quarterbacks for the Rams are active, including Baker Mayfield, uh, Mayfield got more of the snaps in the pregame warm-up this afternoon than uh, the other two quarterbacks. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mayfield plays tonight. I, they're, they're just unusable. And any of the t- uh, pass catchers are unusable as a result of that, too. Now, I know Cam Akers had a couple of touchdown runs last week. Uh, he didn't have a lot of yards per carry, but it seems like the Rams are finally committed to giving him some opportunities. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, this week. But like I said, you know, McVay drives us crazy. You know, one week it's Acres, one week Acres isn't coming back to the team at all. Next week he's the main carrier. Daryl Henderson was released. I mean, they're they're just I don't know what they're doing. Um, and I don't know if they know what they're doing. But then again, their flags fly forever. They got their title last year. They're paying the bill for that this year with like the lack of depth on their team. And they can they can go through a bad year like this. Congrats to your Cincinnati Bengals, Jeff, who seem like they're catching a nice stride right now, getting Jamar Chase back in the mix. How how does their fantasy value just increase knowing that they got one of their best weapons back in Chase? Oh, it's great. Um, You know, they they were able to figure some things out on the offensive line. Uh, The defense may do while DJ Reader is out. They still lost a Wouzier for the season, so that hurts a little bit. But this is a team that's playing well, and they play well against the Chiefs for some reason better than the rest of the league, really. Uh, but they don't play well against the Browns. They've lost the last three against the Browns, and two of those were started by Burrow. So going to watch. The, I, I'm a little nervous about this game, uh, even though I should be super excited and confident. Uh, the thing about the Bengals is they're still tied for the division lead with the Ravens, and the Ravens have the hammer right now. They have the uh, head-to-head win and the better schedule. The Bengals have a nasty schedule. After the Browns this week, they go to Tampa Bay, then to New England. They host the Bills, and then they host the Ravens. So, you know, a hard schedule, uh, that, but that's what comes with the first place schedule. You understand that that's the that's the them's the breaks, but still, uh, it's something that's going to be a little pretty challenging for them. If you still have OBJ available right now in a uh, fantasy league, do you jump on him, or are you a little hesitant after the reports that the Cowboys are worried about his uh, his you know his uh, his current physical and not knowing if he's going to be able to come back this year from that injury? Not only do I not have OBJ anywhere, I haven't put a bid on him anywhere. Um, good luck. I hope he comes back, but I'm a skeptic. He's not even working out for teams. He'll he'll disclose medical records, but he won't work out for teams. I don't see how teams are going to sign him with that, let alone play him, let alone see him become very productive 
in the span of five weeks here. Uh, four weeks now because he's not going to play this week either. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, good luck. I hope he comes back in time for the playoffs and he helps somebody out, but uh, I, I won't be on my roster. Deshaun Watson just came back, looked rusty, as some people expected, and kind of makes you wonder if you can trust him as a top-10 fantasy quarterback between now and the end of the season. No, I don't think you can. Um, not this week. Uh, looking rusty, I think he looked like Mater on cars, uh, that rusty there. But uh, I, I think that that's to be expected. Though. He hadn't played in a, game, a live game in yeah. 700 days. And, you know, that showed. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but I, I think that he's going to be someone that is going to get better as the course of the season goes by. I don't think it happens this week, I hope. But then again, I, I may have a rooting interest in that respect. Um, I, I can't start him right now. I, I think maybe at the end of the season I might be able to, depending on the matchup, but not this week. Who do you like this week? Let's talk about guys we have not discussed yet, players at key spots that you think uh, could have some big weeks, especially with some of uh, you know these the normal guys on on by. Right. So Jeff Wilson killed you last week. Had one carry, had two targets. He didn't come up with either of those. Zero points for you. Start him this week. He's playing the Chargers. Chargers run defense is historically bad. I think he bounces back, and he bounces back pretty well. I, I think. You know, I like him even a little bit better than his teammate Raheem Mostert. I mean, I I, I want to watch some practice reports on that to see if that uh, can confirm that. But I I think he's going to have a pretty good game. So, you know, don't get discouraged by that bad game. Bench him and then see him go off on your bench. I think he's actually going to be pretty good this week. Okay. Any players to avoid right now, Jeff? Uh, yeah, uh, always. Uh, you know, the, the one thing of is uh, the Chiefs, I expect them to win and win comfortably against the Broncos, but... The Broncos' defense remains intact. Opposing quarterbacks have the worst fantasy points per game against the Broncos than any other team in the in the league. Uh, five point and, and pass yards yards per attempt is like five point nine two. It's a tough team to pass against, so they drag you into the muck. I expect this to be like a twenty-two to thirteen game. Okay. Now, let's talk about what you've got up at rotowire.com. Uh, I noticed beating the book uh, for fantasy uh, for fantasy football fans, talking about the Dolphins, uh, you know, winning and uh, kind of just yeah. uh, predictions for week 14. That's up there. You got daily plays. You got the breakdown for tonight, game previews, your value meter. There's just yeah. a, a ton of stuff, isn't there? Absolutely. My uh, radio colleague, Nick Whalen, does the beating the book article. You can all check it all out if you want. Uh, without a credit card, you can get a free trial. Get a peek behind the paywall. Just go to rotowire.com slash free. No credit card required. Uh, just when it exp- when expires, it'll go away. We'll ask you if you want to subscribe or not. Just all you need is a valid email address. If you say no or do nothing, then nothing happens, and it just goes away. Uh, for baseball fans, I'm looking right now at uh, what came out a couple of weeks ago, and that is James Anderson's latest update with the dynasty rankings and 10 yes. rookies to keep an eye on for next season. Yeah, James, uh, that, that's a very popular article from him, too, because it has a lot of current prospects, guys that can help you right away, which I like, too. He's doing he's already doing a bunch of drafts. He's already doing a weekly podcast as well as his ranking. So, yeah, lots of baseball coverage. Todd Zola, Jason Collette writing weekly still all throughout the offseason. Projections are up on the site right now. I have to do some uh, tweaking here and there, but they're up there. Outlooks for the players are, too. So if you go to a player page, you can see his uh, projection for 2023. Awesome stuff. Hey, great talking to you. How's uh, how's the weather out there in California? Looking a little chilly. You got the hoodie on right now. What's going yeah, on? Yes, sir. Well, you know, I have the thin California blood now, too. So That's a high true. of 55 today, low of 39. Ooh. A little frost on the windshield today. So, uh, 
you know, that, that's a little experience. So we got that going for us. 39 in Southern California. I'm impressed it's starting to drop down that low. Yeah, yeah. We're, I think we're even going to get some rain this weekend, which, hey, we always will welcome that. We don't get enough of it here. How'd the avocados do this uh, this oh, year? Oh, they're good. They're about, re- they're about ready to be picked. Oh, so you haven't even picked the avocados yet. I didn't realize uh, that I picking some, season. But All right. So the thing is, they, they're not falling off the tree yet. Mm-hmm. So that usually implies that they're not quite right. But you don't want to wait too late either when they're just falling like uh, just falling the whole time. You need it, especially with so many of them. We can't eat them all at once. So we start, we're starting to pick them now. Just you ripen them up in a brown paper bag. Give it a few days and it should be soft enough to, uh, to, to cut and, and start eating again. So it's good stuff. There will be a guacamole party at the Erickson house. We might not be invited, but they're guaranteed. We'll mm-hmm. be plenty of avocados over there. All right, listen, great stuff as always. Look forward to doing it right back here with you again next week. Thanks for the time, Jeff. You bet, Steve. Take care. You too. Jeff Erickson, rotowire.com. 42 past the hour. We're coming up on the top, and Lane Frank will join us in our 6 o'clock hour. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. here on Sports Talk. Steve Kaplowitz with you, um, along with Adrian Broadus, UTEP Zay. And now, as we do each and every week on the program, chance to say hello to Lane Frank and the start of uh, what's going to be a great hour with Lane, the host of Schoolyard Sports, the weekly podcast. By the way, episode 103 is dropping today, officially. Welcome back. It's uh, let, me, let me get the temperature right now. It is exactly 59 degrees in El Paso, and you are in a T-shirt and shorts like it's 109 degrees. I like that, Lane. I mean, I'm playing in cold weather every single morning, 8 a.m. in tennis. I mean, this means nothing. 59 degrees, that's nothing, Steve. What do you do, by the way? Do you wear the same outfit when you play in tennis in the morning, or do you go with uh, sweats and, uh, like, uh, compression, long-sleeve stuff? What do you wear? Depends on the morning, but sometimes I'll wear sweatpants, maybe a little quarter zip, and they'll change for the rest of the school day. Do you uh, have, have you gotten Nike to sponsor you yet? Does no, Nike sponsor you? I've not or, gotten Nike to sponsor me yet. Nike. What about the Jordan brand? That is the official brand of Michigan uh, football. Has Jumpman sponsored you yet? Yeah, no, that's what I'm kind of holding out for right now. I kind of want Jumpman to sponsor me. I don't blame you. If I was you, I would want Jumpman to sponsor me too. So I think that's uh, the good the good way to go. Um, there's been a lot that's happened since we last talked. First off, uh, college football playoffs. That said, bowls are all set. By the way. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, one of the best bowls of the bowl season with UCLA and Pitt. That's exactly what I was thinking. I mean, Pitt, they could have been a really good team this year. They almost beat Tennessee. They lost them in double overtime. UCLA, three weeks ago, it's a playoff team. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I agree with you. I'm, I'm excited for El Paso. I'm excited for the game. And uh, so far, so good as far as that goes. Did the CFP get it right with the four teams that will be playing for the uh, national championship. CFP got it right. TCU 12-1. and Got to put them in there. The argument for Alabama is there because both their losses are on the last play of the game, this and that, but the two losses, TCU, one loss, 12-0 and in the regular season. You can't go against them. Some of the most ranked wins in the country. And they've won mutual opponent. Alabama played Texas, barely beat Texas. That's right. And now it's with a backup quarterback in Texas. And then when TCU played Texas, tough environment. And now it's with Quinn Ewers, TCU blow the doors off them. So that's my thought right there. I agree with you. And people that are, that are all about Alabama are forgetting the fact that they were lucky, lucky to leave Austin with that win early in the season. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Quinn Ewers plays in that one. Maybe they win. That's true. You never know. And Hudson cards limping throughout the game. So, yep. 
That's right. I agree with you there, too. All right. Um, as far as TCU goes, look, it was an overtime game. Unlike USC, who was annihilated by Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, TCU went right down to the wire, and they were a matter of inches away of winning the Big 12 championship and staying undefeated, which, by the way, wouldn't have meant they'd still be three. If they win that game or if they lose that game, I thought that three was exactly where they should have been regardless. I did not want to see Michigan, Ohio State again in a semifinal. I mean, I would. That's an easy path to the national championship. But uh, I agree with your statement right there. I thought Kansas State was going to beat TCU because earlier in the season they kind of killed them and then they go down to the third-string quarterback. Now it's at TCU. I think there's a lot of teams. I think there's more teams that are better than TCU than not. TCU may not be the third best team in the country, but by their resume, by the facts, you got to put them at number three. I agree. And by the way, in your opinion, what's an easier semifinal game for the Michigan Wolverines? Ohio State in a rematch or TCU like we're going to get? Okay, I'm not that crazy. I'll say TCU because TCU, I'm not going to say Max Duggan's better than CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, amazing talent. Running game for TCU might be a little bit better than Ohio State, but pass, defense, all that, I think that goes to Ohio State. I'm with you. And by the way, Ohio State's reward is they get Georgia. Is this going to be an ugly, ugly football game? Or do you think that Ohio State can stay competitive and, and give Georgia a pretty good run for their money? I'm still undecided on my pick. I'm Interesting. Not, I'm not going to be biased. Uh, this is going to be maybe the greatest college football playoff game ever. Okay. now that's Outside, okay. I mean, that's including national championship games. This could be the best college football playoff game ever because there is an argument that these are the two best teams in the country, even though I like to think Michigan's better than Ohio State. And That's Georgia. true. And by the way, I mean, look, Georgia did a number on the Tennessee offense when they yep. met up earlier. Okay. But Ohio State is loaded. They have, I mean, that, those receivers are some NFL. They got guys that are just, uh, you know, NFL stars. All this waiting to happen. So I'm pretty excited about this. I want to see what the Georgia defense can do against Stroud, Harrison, and the rest of uh, what Ohio State brings. You know, that was a little bit interesting game for Tennessee. It was at home for Georgia. This game's in Atlanta, so kind of like a de facto home game for mm-hmm. uh, Georgia. But it's gonna be interesting to see because I think Ohio State is a better team than Tennessee. I'm gonna just see how it holds up because Georgia. Almost lost to Kentucky earlier in the year. I mean, Kentucky had an interception in the red zone, missed uh, uh, snap on the field goal late in the game that could have made it to a one-possession game. That's true. Just things like that. Missouri game, Kent State game, Florida game in the third quarter. Things like that. Georgia, not as good as they were last year. I looked back at the Orange Bowl highlights from last year, Michigan versus Georgia. I can only count like two or three players that are still on that Georgia team, and that's Stetson Bennett and Brock Bowers. Michigan against Purdue, they looked good. They looked uh, but, good. By the I way, admit there were some issues, but they looked good. I thought O'Connell was pretty solid in that game as for the most part. You even talked about him last week before yep. the championship game, and you said, you know what? What you've seen, you've liked. And uh, even though Purdue is not Ohio State, I thought that, uh, again, they, they did everything they could. You just saw the talent uh, d- discrepancy between the two teams. You know, they take advantage of, their, they take advantage of the opportunities. They're doing jet sweeps. Fake punts, fake flea flickers, kind of locking down defense a little bit. And then Michigan started opening up the passing game a little bit, running game getting going. And then they kind of pulled away. But, you know, Aiden Connell played pretty well, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in college football. Obviously, he was playing pretty heavy right there. Is there a legitimate argument heading into this college football playoff that it's still Georgia and everybody else? No, absolutely not, because Georgia went up against Missouri, who's barely a eligible team and almost lost that one. They went up against Kent State, who doesn't even have a coach right now because he's the Colorado offensive coordinator right now, and they almost lost that game. 
they almost lose that game, but I mean, for the three quarters, they got outplayed, I'd say, and then Georgia Con pulled away in the fourth. Yes. Game like Florida, they let Anthony Richardson kind of play his way back into that one. I mean, he was banged up. Tennessee, even, I mean, they got a few possessions at the end of that game. Kentucky game, like I mentioned. Georgia Tech, only up by three points at halftime. That's not a good Georgia Tech team. So things like that. Georgia last year, unbeatable, and then they had one bad game against Alabama, and the rest of the season was just a blur. But I think this Georgia team is much more beatable. Let's talk about all of the players in the portal. Um, I think I saw that six starting quarterbacks in the ACC have already announced that they're in the portal. Um, you know, it, I guess it was um, um, it was Yurk. Was it uh, Yurkovic who's already uh, now gone Jerkovic. to pick? Jerk, is yeah. it Jerkovic? Yeah, Slovis, Leary, Wangale. I'm trying to think of who else. I'm looking through. Uh, That's right. Kate Klubnik is now Clemson. Yep. Drew Pines in the portal. Uh, Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State quarterbacks in the portal. Calzada, Auburn quarterbacks in the portal. Hudson Card in the mm-hmm. portal. That's true. A bunch of guys in the portal right now. Cade McNamara, we talked about him last Goes show. Goes to Iowa. Do you yep. like that move? Uh, I do for Cade, but he's recruiting Michigan guys right now. Michigan yeah. starting tight end. Eric Hall throwing shade at Michigan saying, I might go to Iowa now. So mm-hmm. Cade's kind of kind trying to tear down the Michigan program, it looks like to me. In your opinion, do you feel like we should wait until after the bowl season to start the portal or do you like the idea that as soon as the championship games are over, players are able to jump into the to the transfer portal? What I don't get is why like a team in the college football playoff like Michigan, why their tight end is transferring right now. I don't get that. If your team's still assigned to play for, don't transfer. Okay, I understand. But but teams, I'm telling you, there's players. That's why, and, and, and by the way, we're going to have Jadrian Taylor here in a moment uh, to do our picking segment, and he is going to be a perfect example of who to talk to about the portal because, again, he stuck it out here at UTEP, could have gone someplace else and stayed here at UTEP, but, you know, defensive player of the year as far as Conference USA goes, but he could really put it into perspective as you start to see more and more of these athletes going into the transfer portal. I know, it's amazing. Really just an example of a college football player sticking it through not entering the portal. Exactly right. Okay. So, um, we'll wait for those. Other bowl games you like right now, what are some of the other matchups? Because I think it's going to be a great year for bowls. I think the worst bowl game is Music City Bowl. you got Kentucky's second-string quarterback going against Iowa's third-string quarterback. I think it's the lowest total ever for a bowl game. That's a pretty bad bowl game. But some bowl you mentioned, I think another good bowl game is the Orange Bowl. Literally the Orange Bowl. Tennessee versus Clemson, that'll be a good one. I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, yeah, a lot of great bowl games this year, Steve. There is. Uh, by the way, Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. You get New, New Mexico, Mexico State. State and Bowling Green. So the Aggies get to go bowling. That'll be an interesting one. Penn State, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. And then Penn State, Utah, and the Rose Bowl. That'll be a fun one. You get Pac-12 champion. It's a really good Penn State team. I agree with you. Now, as far as the argument goes against uh, the championship games, if we don't have a championship game, USC is in the Final Four and not Ohio State. I talk, I talk about Macho this week. Conference championship games, I don't think they should exist anymore. Well, what they're doing they're is things down. That's they're, not taking they're, 12, they're taking your 12-game body of work, and for two teams, you, know, you could lose everything. One game and, and that when nobody else in your conference besides one of the teams is playing, and all of a sudden everything you've worked for is gone because of one game. And I find them to be irrelevant now. If TCU, win or lose that game, they're number three. Michigan, win or lose that game, they're number two. Same thing with Georgia and Ohio State. But... For USC, USC, yes, it cost them. It yep. absolutely cost them. But in a I big thought way. Ohio State should have been over USC if USC won the Pac-12, anyways. Okay, so as far as you're concerned, Ohio State just for for being yeah. undefeated, hitting into that Michigan game, yeah, that I, was enough for you. And you I like the Big that. Twelve, the Big Ten more than the Pac-12, anyway. As far as quality of uh, competition goes, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, baseball. 
give me your thoughts on what we've seen the last uh, week or so. Well, Judge, staying with the Yankees, I really didn't see that coming. Kind of thought he was going to be a San Francisco Giant, head back to his roots. We got DeGrom, we talked about that. A little bit, I mean, I get that with DeGrom, going for the money, going for Texas, smaller environment for him, not New York. And then Trey Turner declined the Padres offer to be the highest-paid shortstop ever. He's going over to the Phillies. Wes Contreras, he's the perfect replacement for Yadier Malin. He's going to destroy his Cubs. Cody Bellinger, I think that might be the best move because it's not a great, con- it's not that crazy of a contract. It's one year, one year, one year. eighteen million. But yeah. he can return to his MVP form, and then the next offseason, you can get a massive deal for whatever team. That's a possibility too. Do you like the Mets going after uh, Justin Verlander and for Jose sure. Quintana? Do you like those two for sure? And then let's get Kodai Senga next. Okay, so you're all about Senga just to solidify the rotation. Should they re-sign Brandon Nimmo to play center field? I think so. But if you don't get Brandon Nimmo, go after Mike Ostremski. Brian Reynolds, one of those two. Brian Reynolds would be terrific would. in the Mets outfit if they could pull that off. For sure. So, uh, the Red Sox, they lose Xander Bogarts to the Padres. The Red Sox are falling apart. The Red Sox nation. But they just got the top Japan prospect. He, no, I don't think so. I don't think he was the top prospect. I think there's another one that's supposed to be better than him. So, I don't know. We don't know what kind of power this one's going to have. Yeah, we'll $90 see. $90 million for five years for an unknown is tough. For sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, same thing with... Kodai Senga, he's probably not going to go to the minors. With Otani, Tanaka, all these guys, that's the risk you're taking. Who takes Carlos Rodon? Where does he go? Carlos Rodon, Yankees. Oh, you do think he's going to go to the Yankees? Yankees, no doubt. All right, you're, so, you're, you're sold on that one. Yep. Okay, they, they're going to have to shell out some serious uh, cash. Now, that, that might cost them two to $300 million. They'll be good, they'll be good. Okay, you're pretty confident about that. I like that. That's good. Um, and I'm trying to think of who else is left in terms of other high-profile free agents. Carlos Correa, where will he end up? Correa, I think he might end up Baltimore Orioles. Oriole. I doubt he goes back to Minnesota. It'll be interesting to see with Correa. You think the Orioles will spend the kind of money to bring Carlos Correa? They might, because they can build a serious core right there. Dodgers need a shortstop. Dodgers out on Correa already. But they need a shortstop. Do they They're go after Danzy Swanson? I think that's the perfect move. Going for Danzy Swanson, best friends of Freddie Freeman. I think that's a perfect fit. Okay, are you ready to go one-on-one with J.J. Taylor? So ready. Undefeated again this week. You think so? I think so. All right. You realize this man, uh, you know, he plays football for a living. Right? Yeah, I know. You got and that? I've never played down in my life. That's 100% correct. We'll find out. Lane Frank, one-on-one with UTEP's Jadrian Taylor. It's coming up next right after Charlie One, who has this traffic update for us. That's the hour as we continue. Lane Frank uh, here with us, brought to you by River Oaks Properties. By the way, a special shout-out to Dana Frank. She brings you every week. She's never on air. She stays in the background. She's the reason you're here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you so much. There you go. Make sure you send a shout-out like that, right? You got to do that. Of course, of course. I agree with you. Uh, By the way, I want to introduce at this time UTEP uh, defensive uh, lineman, Jadrian Taylor. He is going to be your special celebrity guest picking against you this week. Um, First off, he's one half of Shake and Bake. With uh, praise, uh, Amehule. Welcome back, my friend. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. By the way, um, it's going to be weird that Shake and Bake is gone now yeah, because man. you are, you know, you and you and uh, praise are all about, uh, you know, about Shake and Bake. What's going to happen? We're just going to have to be, it's going to have to be next up, man. He's going to have to, Mo going to have to take it, take, take control of the shake, I guess. So, there you go. That's good. You're talking yeah. about uh, Maurice uh, Westmoreland. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to be terrific, by the way. By the way, speaking of terrific, you had an unbelievable senior season. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Uh, You tell me, do you feel like, uh, obviously you want to play in a bowl game, but outside of that, did you feel that, uh, you know, this was the kind of year you expected all along? Uh, Yeah, I I I, I thought I was going to break the record um, for single-single sack. I was one and a half off, actually, so 
Uh, it's kind of frustrating because I think if we went into a bowl game, I would have broke it. But, like, I already had my mindset on having this type of season. Well, I thought uh, that is, you know, people don't realize that you were so close to the single season record for yeah. sacks. Um, and that's just the kind of year you had all along. It seemed like you were just in the middle of things, disrupting things. First team all-conference USA for your efforts. Congratulations on that, too. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, for you, what was the highlight? You have, is there one particular highlight from this season that really stands out? Mm, probably the touchdown. That was my first touchdown in a long time. So having that touchdown and go viral and everything, that was probably the biggest moment. How many yards altogether? 100. That's that's about as good as it gets, yeah. right? Seriously. See, I thought, now that's interesting because that was big, but I thought the way you guys played defensively against Boise State was something we haven't seen in many, many years here in yeah. El Paso. I feel like, yeah, that was de- definitely a, mo- a very complete game. Um, we, when, we, when, we came, when we came together for those type of games, we've seen what we can do, like games like FIU. Um, I think defense played good. Um, the last game, it just once once they start getting that momentum, then uh, we start falling apart a little bit. But like for the most part, defense you know played really good. They only had seventy yards rushing. You know that's a good rushing team too. So. Yeah, I agree with you. Now Lane, uh, we were talking about the portal. We got yep. we've got Jadrian Taylor here with us right now. Aren't you kind of interested to get his thoughts from the athlete standpoint about just how people go into the portal as frequently sure. as they are right now? Yeah, for sure. So like. What's the, I mean, if, say Deion Sanders goes to Colorado, would a crew just hop in or right there try to go to Colorado, or would it be someone different? Yeah, that's definitely what's going on now, you know. So, yeah. especially if you were committed to Jackson State, you just want to be under um, Deion and everything. Of course, which I mean, I understand wanting to be under Deion. I mean, it's Deion Sanders, exactly. But, but. Um, hitting the por- for me, hitting the portal is like I'm I'm more of a loyal guy. Like I'm. Whoever whoever um, mess with me first, you know exactly. that's that's who I'm going to fall for and everything. You know, UTEP was one of the only FBS schools to you know recruit me and everything. So it was no way I was going to leave. It didn't matter what, you know what I mean. And I th- and I feel like there's a lot of guys like you. For uh, you know that seems to be uh, a constant we've had around this program the last few years with Dana Dimmel is there's a lot of loyalty right now to this program. Yeah, most definitely, and you know, uh, Coach Dimmel is really a great guy, and you you want to play for him, you want to play. Uh, Play for Coach Pivotal, Coach Wally. We've got great coaches, so we can see how it's. Uh, UTEP is going to be easy to turn around, I feel like. At the same time, you see the kind of offers Byers is getting. It's yeah. pretty remarkable. First yeah. Florida State, Miami, now Oklahoma today. Yeah. So, again, when you're someone like him who had a great season and is getting Power 5 offers left and right, you kind of understand why he might have made the decision to yeah, go into the definitely. portal. And I feel like there's a lot of players that can do that for UTEP and everything. Um those those teams, those schools offer way more like resources and everything, money. You know, that's really what boils down to a lot of money too. So, um, when you see people hitting that portal, that's it's, it's lots of time it's money. For sure, know? yeah, especially yeah. NIL Especially with the NIL stuff, so yeah. I'm with you. But for you now, it's all about training, getting ready for uh, your NFL career because you're going to be getting ready for your pro day in March and uh, then, as you would say, uh, an opportunity to try to play on Sundays. Most definitely. you know, and I, I, I'm thinking I'm going to a lot of people with my combine numbers, so I can't wait. I'm excited for you. By the way, well, uh, as, as you look at uh, playing professionally, do you see yourself in the same spot transitioning to the pro game, or where do you see uh, you know what position do you see right now as as really your home as far as uh, playing in the pros? Like what team? No, I mean you still online on the D line, just like you are right uh, now. I think or what I'm do you a think? hybrid. Like like here, I played like my last couple of years. I've been playing like a hybrid linebacker DN. You know, I stand up most of the, most of the game. Is that where you see yourself doing also yeah, in the, in the pros? Yeah, most definitely. I'm I'm just like 
most mostly mostly an edge rusher, but I can drop back and cover it and everything. So I got you. All right, just get to the quarterback like uh, we we see uh, each and every week in Dallas with Micah Parsons. And, yeah, uh, that's you'll be the just, type of position I play. So. You'll be just fine. Yeah, right? that's what I was about to say. Like a Micah Parsons hybrid, yeah. second level stand up, and then again first level. Absolutely right. All right, here we go, guys. We're gonna start with the NFL picks um, and go for Week 14. There's a game going on right now that kicked off 10 minutes ago, but we don't really care because we're not gonna follow the scores until this segment's over. Rams are hosting the Raiders. We'll kick it off with the Rams three and nine, two and five at home. The Raiders are five and seven, two and five on the road. Jadrian, here's the way this goes. I'll give you the records. We'll talk about the team. I'll give you the point spread, but we don't care about the point spread. All we want from you is who you think will win and why. Okay? So the Raiders are six and a half point favorites on the road uh, today in SoFi, but um, they are the road team. So who do you like, Raiders or Rams here tonight? I got. Even though I'm a, uh, I love I love Matthew Stafford, you know. But uh, I'm going to have to go with the Raiders on this one. Uh, um, the Rams don't have any run game, really, honestly. And, you know, Raiders got Josh Jacobs and everything. They can they got Devontae Adams, you know. Not to just name, name big names, but it's it's um, important to have a run game and a pass game, you know. And uh, I think the Rams just got Baker Mayfield, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. They did. He's not better than Derek Carr, but I feel like he'll, he'll be a good fit and he'll get another opportunity, you know. He's been having a lot of bad luck from the, from the football guys, but I feel like he can he can probably turn around on the Rams. I got you. All right, so uh, Raiders for JJ. What about you? I'm taking the Raiders. Also, you said it's a Raiders road game. It's in SoFi. Raiders are full. I mean, it's gonna be packed with Raiders fans. It is. I, I'd say it's gonna be 95 percent Raiders fans. I, on my show, I picked the Raiders. I like Derek Carr. I think they can turn things around. They've turned things around. Josh Jacobs. He's got a thing to play for. He got earning contract. They declined his fifth year option. He's going to free agent year. He's got things to play for. It's going to be interesting how Baker Mayfield does not Sean McVay system, but I'm taking the Raiders. By the way, the Raiders are the most popular team in California. There is most no question NFL. about it. That's right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Most popular team in the NFL? Raiders? Maybe. Steelers, Raiders, Packers. Those oh, top not three. the Cowboys anymore? I think Cowboys. Not Cowboys. Okay, Cowboys. Cowboys. Just America's team. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Okay. Just America's it's team. We can like throw Cowboys you, up there. You don't, you don't even count them. Kind of. Yeah. I love it. All right, early games. Here we go uh, for Sunday. Browns, Bengals. We'll start it off. Browns are five and seven, two and four on the road. Bengals are eight and four, four and one at home. It's at uh, Cincinnati's uh, Paycor Stadium, and the Bengals lane five and a half point favorites. I don't know how Deshaun Watson plays this one. Played the worst team in the NFL last week and didn't play so great. Mm-hmm. They kind of got saved by their defense, special teams, three defensive and special teams touchdowns. Bengals just played great last week against the Chiefs. They're playing like the best team in the NFL. Not saying they are, but they're playing like one. Give me the Bengals. All right, yeah, what about you? I'm definitely taking the Bengals on this one. You know, they got Jamar Chase back and everything. And you just see some of the catches he made, you know, last game, even though he didn't have, like, one of those monster games that we used to him having, you know. So That's right. I'm taking I'm taking the Bengals for the, for sure. Okay. Next up, J.J., this will be a layup for you. Cowboys hosting the Texans. Texans are 110-1. Cowboys are 9-3. and uh, It's at AT&T. The Cowboys are 17-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm taking the cow. I'm taking. I'm, no, I'm taking the Texans on this one. Straight up winner. You I'm think taking, the Texans I'm are going to beat the, the Cowboys? Texans. You know why? This is a trap game. It is. Gonna, huh? This is a trap game. They're going to go in there. Of course, they're going to think it. They're going to beat the heck out of them. And the, the Texans, you know, they load down right now. They they not good. But I'm taking the Texans on this one. Did you grow up a Texans fan? Uh, no, I grew up a Lions fan. I've always been a Lions fan. Lions fan the yeah. whole time. All Lions right. Fan. So uh, there it is. Uh, Jadrian says Texans in the trap game. What about you, Lane? Texans, they're going back. Davis Mills at quarterback this week. They got things going on defense last week, just not so much offense. And, I mean, even their defense played well. Texans, they only give up touchdowns, offense, stuff like that. So I'm taking 
Cowboys is closer than you think. I think Davis Mills plays well in this one, but closer than you think. Give me the Cowboys. Okay. Uh, then we go to the Vikings. Lions. Vikings are ten and two, four and one on the road. Lions are five and seven, three and four at home. It's at Ford Field in Detroit, and yes, the Lions are favored. By two points over the Vikings lane. Yeah, it's a little bit wild to me. I mean, Lions could win this one. That sneaky offense. I just don't know how much fuel they have right now. Give me the Vikings over the Lions. They've played great the past few weeks, Lions. Some of that fuel might run out right here. Give me the Vikings. Uh, Jadrian, uh, you agree or disagree there? I'm going to have to be biased on this one. Of course, they bo- they both talented teams, but I'm going I'm, I'm going to go to the Lions with this one. Okay, you know well, I mean? that, but that's your team. Yeah, that's my team. Yeah. I got to. I mean, I, I just feel like I have to. Fair enough. Jags and Titans are next. Uh, this is in Tennessee, Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Titans are three and a half point favorites. They're seven and five, three and two at home. Jags are four and eight, one and five on the road. All right, uh, Jadrian, who do we like here? I, I got the Titans. I got the Titans. You know, I don't see them stopping Derrick Henry you know, anytime soon. You know, in that game, so. JT says, Titans, what about you? I'm agree. I just don't know how much confidence Trevor Lawrence has. Doesn't play like he has much confidence. Didn't play like it last week. Give me the t- Titans this one over the Jags. Eagles and Giants are next. Eagles are 11-1, and 5-0 on the road. Giants are 7-4-1, and 4-2-1 at home. It's at East Rutherford, MetLife Stadium. Philly, seven-point favorites, Lane. You know I'm rather die for Giants, Steve. You know they're my favorite team in the NFL, favorite team in all of pro sports. I'm not sure I picked the Eagles, but here I'm going to take the Giants. Give me the Giants. Daniel Jones played well last week. He was 13-14 at one point. I mean, that's just amazing stuff. Saquon can get things going. This Eagles team looking like the best team in the NFL, but Giants are going to show up this Sunday at home over the Eagles. JT, that is his team, just mm-hmm. like you with the Lions. Yeah, course, so he went, with his, he went with his heart. What about you? Are you going to go with your heart or your I head on this one? I'm taking the Eagles. All right. Nine times out of ten, I feel like the Eagles will win this game right here. So. Probably right nine times out of ten, but yeah. I'm hoping for that one yeah, out of ten for the for Giants. you hoping for that one out of yeah, ten? Yeah. I understand. I feel that. You know, same thing in my team. I've been dealing with that, you know, for years. <laughs> I hear you. Bottom of the hour as we continue right now with Jadrian Taylor and Lane Frank on our weekly chat chat brought to you by River Oaks Properties. Ravens-Steelers, the next game up. That's uh, going to be a CBS game. Steelers are 5-7, and 2-3 and three at home. Ravens are 8-4, 4-2 and, uh, uh, and, four, four and two on the road. Uh, again, in Pittsburgh, the Steelers, two-point favorites. Jadrian, who do we think? I'm, I'm taking the Ravens. Lamar Jackson just got that X-factor, man. I'm just going to take him right here. Lane? You know, it's Lamar's health kind of question right now, but I think Tyler Huntley could play well in this one if Lamar doesn't give it a go. Mm. Steelers, they've been playing well the past few weeks. They're at home. Kind of seems like a trap game for the Ravens, but this is the game where the Ravens' defense steps up. Tax a rookie quarterback like Kenny Pickett. Give me the Ravens. Final early game. Jets and Bills from Orchard Park in Buffalo. Bills 9-3, and 4-1 and one at home. The Jets are 7-5, and 4-2 and two on the road. Buffalo, 10-point favorites at home against the Jets. You know, this was kind of like last year. Jets played the Bills, and that was Mike White's last game starting for the Jets last season. And he might be like that this season, giving the Bills dominating the Jets. What about you, Jadrian? I don't think it's going to be a dominating effort, but I, I feel like the Bills going to win as well. You know, Jets is really sneaky good, kind of. So I feel like it's going to be closer than we think, but I'm going with the Bills. They should have beat Minnesota last weekend yeah. uh, when they had the chance to. Yeah, definitely. All right, late games, beginning with this one. Denver is going to be hosting the Chiefs, 9-3 and three for Kansas City, 4-2 and two on the road. Broncos are 3-9, and 2-3 and three at home. Kansas City, 9.5-point favorites, JT. Uh, who do we like? I'm taking that East Texas legend back there, Pat Mahomes, man. I got, I got to go with Kansas on this one. All right. Pat Mahomes looking like the MVP right yeah, now. Yeah, Broncos just terrible. Give me the, give me the Chiefs. It is an easy one for the two of you. Layup. Yeah. All right, layup it is. Let me go. <laughs> we got... 
Four more games. We've got, by the way, Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders all on buys this week. Bucks and 49ers will be next. That's a late game on Fox from Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Bucks are 6-6, six and 2-3 six, and three on the road. 49ers, 8-4, and 5-1 and one at a home. Uh, Lane, San Fran, minus 3.5 at home. What do you think? This is a really good San Fran defense, also a really good Buccaneers defense. They attacked Brock Purdy in his first career start. I like the Buccaneers in this one. All right, Lane goes Bucks. What about you, Jadri? Like you said, good defenses. You know, um, Jimmy Garoppolo out now, so yeah. um, I'm going to have to go with Tom Brady on this one, Bucks. Tommy Ageless Brady, who, by the way, rumor is he's coming back for 2023. How about oh, that? Lord. Patriots. Yeah, you gonna you be, what, are you going to be, 50? He's close, like 45, 46, 46. 47, something. I want to see him with the Jets. I think How Patriots. great would that be? That would be fun. If the that would be, Jets oh, okay. bring Brady right, for yeah, one yeah, year, it'd be that like five years fun. ago. That would be fun. <laughs> Come on, man. I was that thinking about fun. that. that I'm fun. dreaming of Brady. Okay. That, that's a good idea, actually. Seahawks and Panthers are next. Seahawks, 7-5, and 3-2 at home. Panthers, 4-8, and 0-5 oh on the road. Seattle, 3.5-point favorites. JT, who are we taking? I'm taking, I'm taking Seattle as well. I like, that. I like their defense, man. They got a good defense, especially the uh, rookie corner from UTSA. He, he going crazy out Terry there. So, yeah, yeah. amazing. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Seahawks. All right, what about you, Lane? Yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks also. You know Tariq Wohn's the top vote-getter, Pro Bowl, all-defense, any player? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he and Sauce Garner are the top two. That's kind of interesting. Carolina off a of bye week. They came, they're also coming off a win. Sam Darnold. Let's just see how he plays in this one. I think he'll be close. But give me uh, Seahawks. Sunday night game will be the Dolphins and the Chargers from SoFi in Inglewood. Uh, Miami three and a, three points are road favorites. They're eight and four, three and three on the road. Chargers are six and six, two and three at home. Lane two is banged up. They're coming off a loss. Chargers also coming off a loss. They're hungry. Give me the Chargers. All right. What about you, JT? Um, coming into the season, you know, Chargers, everybody thought the Chargers were going to be like a Super Bowl team coming out, you know. They were kind of overhyped. So I, I kind of don't – I kind of got a, like a little animosity towards the Chargers. So I'm going to go against the Chargers and go Dolphins. All right. That takes us to our final game, and that will be the Monday night game. Cardinals hosting the Patriots. Cards are four and eight, one and six at home. Pats are six and six, three and three on the road. Yes, it's in uh, Glendale, New England. One and a half point favorites for our final game of the night. Okay, so this game, I'll probably go with the Patriots, you know. Um, I feel like it's going to be a close game, but um, I'll take the Patriots. But you don't feel good about it, but you're going to no, take the No, I don't feel good about it because, you know, yeah. I feel like um, I feel like Arizona got a more talented roster. Mm-hmm. But somehow the Patriots find ways to win. I don't, I don't know. Makes sense. What about you, Link? Everybody loves to say Patriots this, Patriots that, Bill Belichick. Oh, it's a different team. I don't know how talented they are. They don't have talented skill players at wide receiver. Mac Jones certainly isn't that great of a quarterback. Kyler Murray, talent-wise, he's amazing. DeAndre Hopkins, talent-wise, might be the best wide receiver in the NFL. They got talent all across the field, the Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker. They just can't always put things together. So I think the Cardinals win this one close over the Patriots. All right. Uh, three, four, five. You guys disagree on five games this week. It Sounds means we good. are going to have a winner. Nice. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Jadrian, last week, Lane lost only two games. He tied one because of the Giant game. So he did very well mm-hmm. uh, when when he picked against Rachel Phillips from uh, KVIA. So that was a good job by Lane. But I think you both had some really, really good takes. I'm excited yeah. about this. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, definitely. I'm ready to see uh, who's going to win. I am too, uh, Adrian. Uh, I know this has been we, we're, we're busy with Lane and picking games, Jadrian. But do you have any questions for JT before we wrap things up? Yeah, Jadrian. You know, uh, being a first team All Conference representative, that's got to mean a lot to you. Did that kind of cap off the year for you? Just just knowing that you were named onto and recognized onto that first team. Most definitely. You know, I never really got 
any recognition uh, here like I would in the, in the conference wise I, I didn't so um I feel like getting that uh, all conference really meant a lot to me you know especially I got I got all Texas as well um so getting getting some recognition it always feels good you know to put on from my city and everything from small town so I wouldn't think I would have be here right now so I just want to thank God for everything what are you going to miss the most about El Paso uh, I'm gonna say my friends, just my teammates. Simple as that. Like they made it, they made it so much better. I passed out a great city and everything, but I feel like without my friends and everything, my teammates, the bonds I made, it wouldn't be the same. Fair enough. Now, as far as Lane goes, what do you think? You feel good about uh, beating him this week in our head-to-head NFL picks? I don't know. He he, <laughs> he sounds like real, real confident. In everything, every everything's educated. Like it just sounds smart about this stuff. He he really passionate about. It. I see the passion in it. So he studies, man. Yeah, he yeah. knows. He knows he the really, game. He, he knows really the players. Passionate in it. So I'm kind of. You know, iffy, iffy. I don't know if I'm going to win, but I am a competitor. What so do you I'm think, saying. Lane? It's tough, though. I mean, you're in the trenches always. I mean, you're playing. I've never played in my life. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, you get two perspectives. You get, you know, the analysis perspective and then obviously the player perspective. So, yeah, let's see how it goes. I'm, I'm, excited. I'm excited about that. Hey, hey, guys, if uh, Lane, if it doesn't work out for you in media, but you end up being an NFL agent or something <laughs> like that, could you find your way to m- maybe reopening this conversation that we're having right now with you and Jadrian? <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work. NFL GM, NFL agent, those are maybe the next two. Okay, that would be good. How wild would that be if years from now and you're like, you know, a vet in the league and he becomes an NFL agent where you guys have GM. a sit-down conversation and he tries to, he wants to sell you and represent you. That would be, that would be fun. That would be great. That would be definitely GM or something. Crazy. Yeah, that would sure. make me feel old, though. Well, go, the, yeah. go the media route and then go the GM route like Mike Mayock. You're already ready to be a GM? I'm in. You're 14. Let's I mean, seven. media doesn't work out, GM. All right, let, let's get to college first. All right, all right. Then we'll worry about... We'll go through about, high school first. Yes, in high school. And then we'll worry about <laughs> management. And then we can get into the he's NFL. He's all the way to the GM. <laughs> he is. He is. Because remember, by the time he's in the front office of an NFL, you're probably winding up your 10 to 15-year NFL career, right? Most definitely. Yeah. Yep. I hear that. All right. Well, listen, I'm excited for you. You've been a friend of the show for a long time. We love having you on. Come back before Pro Day so we can get tabs on you and see how things are going. But in the meantime, uh, it's been so much fun having you on today and uh, throughout the years, and we appreciate you being back here with us, Jadrian. Yeah, it's always it's always good to come out here, man. Y'all always show support. You know, it's like family here, so appreciate it. Congratulations on for you. What was a terrific season? Appreciate it. You got it. All right, Lane. Until next week. By the way, it's going to be uh, Adrian next week handling things. No, you think fun. he'll be able to uh, handle it all right with you? you of know? course, yeah, it'll be fun. Adrian's awesome at this stuff. You think he'll argue with you as much as I, do? I like to argue with you? I don't know. I don't think he'll argue with me as much. Maybe he'll have better points than you, though. Yeah, that's probably a, a good one to say. Let's see. So, Adrian, how about that? No arguments, but better points than what I bring to the table. After all, apparently my point about uh, about Jake DeGrom wasn't good enough no, 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 after, but... he, after he told me a few weeks ago there's no chance. You know what? I'm just going to do next week. I'm going to bring, like, it, it, they might not necessarily be my hot takes, but I'm going to bring, like, ten hot takes <laughs> to the table there you go. for Lane to just react okay, to. Okay, yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. What are you doing uh, for uh, Schoolyard Sports uh, Episode 103 dropping tonight? What are you talking about? Episode one or three, we're talking a lot MLB, a lot of college football, a lot NFL, kind of thing in college football, giving my top 25, my final top 25, my award show. I got Max Duggan winning the Heisman. He just won the Davey O'Brien Award a couple hours ago. He's the toughest player in college football. I think Blake Corm is the best player in college football all year, or Henny Hooker, but both those guys got injured. So that's my take right there. All right, that's dropping tonight, episode 103. Yep, tune in. All podcast platforms, and then YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. 
Very nice. Good to see you. Thanks Perfect. for stopping Thanks, in. Thanks, Steve. You got it. Uh, Lane Frank's appearance again brought to you every week by River Oaks Properties. And again, Jadrian Taylor with us as well. Come back. Wrap things up next. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.